0: Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Interbanks Fishing Report with Captain Richard Andrews of Tarpam Guide Service. How you doing, Richard?
1: I'm doing well, Marvin. How are you?
0: I'm getting there. So, you know, you got rained out today.
1: <laughs> we did. Uh, we're having some atypical weather for the summer, but we're, we're rolling with it.
0: Yeah, well, the nice thing, right, is it's cool, so it's a good time to, you know, maybe uh, do a little barbecue or something like that
1: a whole lot better than it being 98 degrees and you know
0: 98 humidity yeah there you go and so this weather pattern we're recording this on tuesday it's going to hang around for another couple of days how long is it going to take for things in the sound to kind of clear up once the weather moves out
1: well the fish is fine it's just a matter of getting out there it's not blowing too bad but it's just uncomfortable um a lot of people don't want to go in the rain it's going to be raining all day um it's supposed to clear up by the end of the week and we'll be back at it and I think we'll be looking for some, some of the big reds.
0: Yeah, there you go. And, you know, before we jump to the big reds, just to let folks know that, you know, you know, the the bite that we've been talking about pretty typically for sea trout and redfish is still kind of going, and it's really kind of been that way for, I don't know, what, the last four to six weeks, Richard?
1: Yeah, we're still doing that. We're still catching trout on the fly, uh, catching some of the slot size redfish, you know, anywhere from, say, uh, 16 inches all the way up to 30 inches. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of the same pattern we've been in. Um, but we are very excited about our, our giant redfish showing up to spawn and we talked two last week, uh, mixed in with some talking we were fishing for and, um, there's just more and more being caught every day. So usually we think about the middle part of August as being the, kind of the, the time when they really start showing up in really good consistent numbers. So we're we're ready to do it, and we'll be we'll be focusing on them probably for the next month and a half or
0: so. Yeah, and so what brings them into the sound this time of year?
1: Well, they come in to spawn every year, and they're spawning in our in our area. They they migrate through our inlets, and uh, they spread out all over the sound. And in some years, they seem to be more concentrated in the, the areas that we fish, which are um, which is the western part of the San Sound and the lower ends of the rivers. Um, some years they they're sometimes out it's out there where we don't we can't find them but um i mean we catch them every year it's just how, how good of a season that we're gonna have is kind of always up in there
0: yeah and uh as they always say should have been here yesterday right
1: <laughs> well yeah i wish i could wish put that on the back of my t-shirt
0: yeah but uh so in terms of you know obviously you know easier to tackle them on gear you know how can you uh, pursue the big drum on a fly rod
1: well, what we'll do is we basically, if we don't see the fish themselves feeding on the surface, uh, which we often do now, uh, we'll actually sight fish bait. So we're, we're looking for nervous schools of bait up on top, and we'll approach them uh, from upwind and make casts. While I'm using uh, big streamers, uh, sometimes big articulated streamers. kind of like, uh, really, some, some, sometimes we start we, we started using musky flies the last couple of years, which has been fairly effective, and... Um, you know, popping court variations on the fly. Uh, some, even some big poppers, they'll they'll attack those as well. So we'll throw into the bait schools and just try to make as much noise as we can and see if we can get their attention.
0: Yeah, got it. So it's a little bit like chasing false albacore in the fall, right?
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's running. Well, it's running gun style fishing, but we're not really running a gun, and we're kind of trying to, try to stay quiet and not. You know, let's let's say we're on a Half mile stretch of water where there's a bunch of bait, different bait schools. There might be, you know, 20 bait schools scattered over this area and you're not, you're not picking up and running from one school to the next. You're just kind of troll, using your trolling motor to quietly go from one to the next and concentrating on them and hoping that it's a numbers game. The more you hit, the more more chance you have for a bite. Sometimes there'll be a school that's acting a little bit more nervous than the rest and these are adult men hey usually by the way or they might have some bluefish in them or or that sort of thing or some spanish michael and um you're looking for a school that just looks a little bit different than the rest and a lot of times that will key you in to the drummer in there
0: got it and i guess the reason you approach upwind right is because you don't want the the wake from the boat pushing into the fish is that right
1: well that is just easier to cast trying to cast that wind. yeah Got it. Yep, that's right.
0: Well, just, uh, just trying to figure it out. I'm, uh, I'm a very trouty guy, so I learn something every time we talk.
1: Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big uh, difference between trout fishing and what we do. I, I, I got it a guy the other day who was a very proficient trout fisherman. He's in Montana. He's lived in Montana for six years, but you know his distance was lacking. Uh, very skillful caster, but just you know, learned, he didn't, he couldn't double haul. He couldn't shoot line, and there's a big difference. I mean being effective out here we are uh, being able to throw like 50-60 feet consistently versus 30 feet which you don't ever really have to in most trout situations don't have to throw more than say 20-40 to 40 feet um, but there might be some exceptions to that but we can argue about that another day but uh, but yeah what, so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to train a lot of people I have a lot of clients who come and, and they, they've done nothing but trout fishing before so there's there's a a big difference between that and I have to kind of get them dialed in on on uh, what they need to do to, to develop the skill set to to be effective where we where we're fishing so that's a big part of my job and I can't accomplish that on a four-hour charter but uh, but these the, are the relationships that we forge on the water and we we're doing casting classes and seminars and things like that to try to develop these people into better classes
0: yeah, absolutely, and I guess too, you know, other than obviously strip setting instead of trout setting, you know, when for your fishing is it is it mostly the distance in the wind, um, or is it like bone fishing where you're having to lead fish um, so that you've got that kind of added into the mix as well?
1: Not necessarily, most of our fishing is not sight fishing, so it's not not like you have to be super accurate, but you just need to be able. to I mean, you've already got a tool. That is less effective than a center rod, so you're already covering less water. Um, so you can mitigate that disadvantage by trying to cast further and cover more water. Like I mean, I you know I've had situations where I've, I've guided anglers that were in fish, but if they could cast another 15, 20 feet, they would have caught more fish than they did. Yeah. So it's just it's just a distance thing, really. It's being able to punch your fly line with a tighter loop through the wind. And also being able to shoot lines, because we throw a lot of sink tips and a lot of weighted fly lines. And uh, that really, being able to shoot those lines is super important versus how people grab them and they, they have a 30-foot sink sinking line, you know, let say a 300-grain sinking line, and they're trying to false cast the 30 feet with a 20-foot section of shooting line in the air. I'm like, that's just impossible. Like, just shoot that thing. Let that lead line work for you. So these are the types of things that we're we're constantly... Battling with our clients, and but it's it's fun. I'm I'm not saying it's a battle, it's just uh, it's just education. So, education has become a big part of our program,
0: yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's an eye opener. I mean, and it's hard sometimes to practice uh, fishing with like shooting heads and things like that without actually getting out in the water,
1: yeah, that's right. So, we have an on the water classroom during our charters, but. But it usually goes beyond that. It goes, hey, let hey, let me let me meet with you, and and we'll, we'll we'll learn how to cast these lines on the on the draft or in the yard, you know, off the water. And so they they see what they need to do, and then we'll continue to work with them, and then they'll come back out, and they're a whole lot more effective the next time, and the next, and the next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us or shoot them to us on our Instagram or our Facebook page. And if we use your question. I'll send you some articulate fly swag and we were in a drawing for a half day charter with Richard at the end of the season. And uh, before I let you uh, hop and watch the weather, uh, Richard, why don't you let folks know where they can find you so they can get on your guide calendar and maybe chase some of those giant drum with you.
1: Well, the best, the best source of information for me is my website, www.tarfamguide.com. Uh, feel free to email Text or call, and I'll be happy to talk with you and answer any questions
0: you have. Uh, Well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, you know, once this weather clears, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Richard. Tight lines,
1: Marla.